plenty of people are good at finding sites, but not so many are as good at capital raising and working with other people's money. You are listening to the Property Developer Podcast, your home for tips, ideas, and inspiration to help take your developing to the next level. Now, here's your host, Justin Getty. Hello, and welcome to episode 98 of the show. Thanks for joining me. How are you going? Doing well? How are your projects progressing? Everything on track? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Enjoying the warmer summer weather in Melbourne. It feels like things are well and truly underway now this year with everything starting to happen. Everyone back at work, kids are back at school, getting that structure back into the daily life. Got a great show coming up for you today. We're talking to a developer who's got some great lessons to share about what he's learned in his uh, developing journey so far. But before we get to that, here's a quick project update of what I've been working on. On my Cambridge Road project, we're still in construction. We're still doing some internal fittings uh, on the back townhouses and they're still working on the upper level cladding on the front townhouses. On my other project, still waiting to get the results from the initial environmental audit that was done to find out what we're dealing with there. And on my sales campaign for my townhouse, we're still going with that, but we just got somebody who said they're really interested in the property, which is exciting. So fingers crossed that we can come to some kind of agreement with them. It'd be nice to get that property sold and get someone living in there who's going to love having a life in that property. And before we get to today's guest, just a couple of quick promo announcements. One for my book, Become a Million Dollar Property Developer. It's continuing to move quite nicely. So if you want to get your hands on a copy of my book, Head over to propertydeveloperpodcast.com forward slash book and grab yourself a copy there. It's the book that I wish was around when I was thinking about getting into property development. A quick shout out for the property developer training. Lots of people signed up last month, which was fantastic. If you are interested in getting into property development, then be sure to head over to propertydevelopertraining.com and check it out. I'm actually working on some new content at the moment for a new training to sit inside the training around how to get people to invest in your projects. So that will be good. And of course, the quiz. If you want to find out how ready you might be to become a property developer, then head over to propertydevelopertraining.com forward slash quiz and take that quiz. All right, let's get to today's guest, Matt Campbell from Kyabel. Matt has a background in delivering IT projects, so brought his understanding of project management and problem solving to his property development career. And he's now currently delivering 17 development projects across Southeast Queensland. And Matt is involved with all stages of a project from site acquisition through construction through to completion. In this discussion, we cover how a change in thinking helped him take his developing to the next level, a key lesson he learnt about raising capital, 
and how branding can give power to your development projects. Keep an ear out for a niche project that Matt is itching to get started on. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this discussion, and I kicked it off by asking Matt about his favourite food. Oh, it'd have to be some type of Italian pasta, maybe spaghetti. <laughs> pretty, pretty simple, but uh, I love, I love a good uh, Italian meal. Yes, I don't know why, because I got Scottish blood in me with the Campbell surname. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, could have picked you for more of a soup man. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> <Good day. laughs> uh, what kind of um, spaghetti are we talking about? A homemade job or going out for somewhere specific? Definitely going out, you know, Italian seafood marinara or something like that too. Uh, yeah, a- any any type of uh, Italian pasta, but definitely uh, something I, you know, typically don't have to cook. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's when, it comes, when it comes to the spaghetti bolognese, there's uh, often the secret recipe that everybody has for their own awesome bolognese. Yeah, look, I'm aspirational, but... Uh... You know, got a few things ahead of me over the next five years I want to achieve. <laughs> and mastering the spaghetti bolognese isn't one of them. <laughs> you know, Uber Eats does a good job for now. <laughs> uh, well, you've you've already sort of started talking about the future, but before we get to that, let's go into the past. So yes. tell us how you, a bit about your business, Kyabel, or maybe yeah. go back a bit further and tell us how you got into property before we then move into the business. Yeah, thanks, Justin. So I've always had an entrepreneurial flair. I have probably always been looking for the right avenue for me, Um, but I did start in IT and uh, software development and progress through management and uh, over the last 15 years have been effectively doing project management, but 10 of that was in IT project management. Uh, I've always had a love for property and, and I've over the years, you know, done numerous renovations and things like that. But for me, yeah, my background is is, is in IT and, um, yeah, I found it quite a logical transition um, from one industry to the other. I, I've had a, a lot to learn in, in construction and property development, but um, project management principles have stood me in good stead as a, as a solid foundation. And what would they be, or what have they been? Well, well, scope, managing resources, um, managing risk specifically, um, issue escalation, managing stakeholders. Um, yeah, so just the core principles. Um, whilst it's not, you know, an IT data center or you know, rolling out a new IT network infrastructure, um, the, the the principles really are very very similar it's a people business property development first and foremost and um you know trust the process is a really key attribute for me um and yeah really lean on the the experts in the team and uh manage issues by exception is is typically typically the approach or just get right on the forefront ahead of time and uh yeah open honest communication is is probably a, a massive guiding light for me yep yeah, I mean, a development is just a big project management exercise, is it not? Particularly when you move into construction. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And I've had to cut my teeth, um, you know, on on the splitters, the small scale subdivisions, and you know, I'm about to buy my twentieth project, um, 
And I've had some great mentors along the way, uh, not formal mentors, but definitely people that have had an invested interest, you know, from financing projects to actually the construction of my projects. Um, you know, those, those people that just want to see the outcome be a successful one for all. And uh, I've learned a lot from that. And that's definitely helped me transition from one industry to another. Yeah. But always a student, always learning. And I think that underlying passion of property um, early on is, is has been very helpful. That, that positive curiosity on how we do things better, quicker, more efficiently. Yeah. Uh, I am yet to encounter uh, one of my own projects or hear of any other projects that didn't have some issues along the way that resulted in learning opportunities, Matt. <laughs> Correct. Yes. I think every one of the projects I've done today has, has had something different or new to tackle. Um, and I think, you know, it's an attitude thing, just to always find a way. And uh, at first, it might not always be obvious what that way is, but um, through good counsel and again, through the expert expertise of the team, um, yeah, there's, there's typically a way that appears, you know, to solve a problem. Yeah, yeah. usually it involves time or money, Matt. And it's bad when it's both. Yeah, that's that's a bit more to the point. You're right. <laughs> uh, before we jump into, you've already touched on some of your experience. Why property? What was it that drew you in? Yeah, I had a change in marital circumstances five years ago and really just sort of looked at my life in, in terms of what I'd achieved and where I wanted to go and probably identified I had some limiting beliefs around what I could do in property. Um, and that's something that I've uh, identified and, and grown through. I, I probably always wanted to do property development, but for many years thought oh, I couldn't do that. And when I really unpacked it and, and, and threw myself into several education courses and really you know, assessed my thinking at the time, I, I realised it was holding me back. Um, so, yeah, education's been a really, really big big part of, I guess, my transition, again, from one industry to another, yeah. And are you willing to share with us what those limited beliefs were or what you needed to unpack to free you up or allow you to take that next step? Yeah, I, I guess uh, it was just a, a false reality um, that I had just lived with and couldn't quite see it at the time. And when I did assess where I really wanted to go with my my life and my career over the next, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, and as I started to surround myself with, with people that were in the property industry, um, I started to realise that it was possible. But, you know, I had to get some new skill. I had to get some new knowledge because um, those two helped me get some confidence, right, to actually go do this myself. Um, so I think by being in a lot of these property groups and property seminars and learning I've I've evolved into who I am and who my business is today but I, I definitely had to look look at myself in the mirror and and realize well at the end of the day um, the success I desire is, is 100% with me it's it's not up to anyone else and so um, that's probably it in a nutshell Justin like I was the one that was holding you know me back <laughs> and for my family and my kids and yeah so and and you know to this day I I love reading and um 
I make that as a discipline in my life to, to to read books that challenge my thinking and you know enjoy hanging around people that have achieved you know great success in this industry as well and and, and I'm always a student really at the end of the day. Yes, I fully agree with you. I'm uh, it's one of the key things I share with people if they ever ask. It's about how to get into property or being successful and it's it's really simple. It's just take accountability for everything that yeah that's going to happen in your life and don't don't look around and wait for someone else to do it or blame somebody else if it doesn't happen. Yeah, and and not to excuse it, but I, I probably have become a product of of my previous environments and couldn't quite see it. So yes, um, being accountable, you know, taking responsibility and ownership um, for my future was was really what it came down to. Um, and so yeah, some of those limiting beliefs just um, changed over time. And um, again, getting some new skill and some new knowledge on how to find sites and how to raise money and and ultimately buy projects um, was was really key. And then, you know, the running of the projects um, came a bit more naturally to me, even though there were new hurdles in this new industry, but that's really where the project management kicked in for me. Um, at the moment, I, I would have a, a third of the projects um, either, uh, well, a quarter sold, um, a quarter on the market, and a quarter in construction and the remaining quarter in design. So it's fairly well balanced across southeast Queensland, typically Brisbane City Council. Um, but we do have a, a southeast Queensland focus in terms of finding sites. Yeah. We'll come to that shortly, but let's go back to the early days. What, what did you cut your teeth on? What was your first project? Tell us about those first, yeah, those my first tentative steps. <laughs> My first project was probably eight out of ten in, in difficulty because there's a corner lot and a corner lot splitter, but it invoked all the subdivision rules. Um, it involved a relocation of a Queenslander, a renovation of a house, and it had a, a lawful point of discharge that involves a built form component being the car park back to the the street. So, yeah, it's uh Definitely was a, you know, seven, eight out of 10 in, in, in difficulty. Um, we bought it very, very well. Um, I learned a lot about the negotiation. Um, it's actually with, with a builder that was in distress and we're able to um, meet on site with the agent and, and agree a great price for, for this splitter in Tuong in Brisbane. And, uh, yeah, on, on that project, I, it was my first $0 down project too, so... I managed to find a, a money partner um, interstate in Sydney who um, was aligned with me on values and also was aspirational. And so with his resources and my time and skill and geographic advantage, we were able to buy that and run that project. Uh, but the, it, it was make or break around the stormwater component. Um, and of the four options we, we had, it was option C that... Um, got us the development approval, but um, it's been the costly one because, yeah, we've had to build a carport um, as part of the subdivision to be able to get the stormwater off, off the property. But um, I've learned a lot from that one, yeah. Uh, were you aware of that issue when you bought the site or was it something that came up post-acquisition? Yeah, I, I would say probably one of the best things about project management is we learn how to identify risk, assess risk and have mitigation. So... Before buying it, we did have four 
options to um, get stormwater off. Um, I was getting a bit nervous when we were at option C because we had exhausted um, approvals from three neighbours across five lots to, you know, naturally uh, run the stormwater off. Um, two had signed, but the third had said yes, but they would never sign the consent. So um, we demonstrated to council that, uh, you know, we've exhausted this option and we, we have to, 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 to try option um, another option. So I can say yes. Um, we had identified that as the major risk. But you know what? It, it, the strength of my team, my civil designer, um, and leaning on the on the team, again, you know, some of those project management skills in coordination, coordinating an outcome and then sort of making an assessment on what what is the true risk and have we got a, a way forward um, was really key for me and, and the project. So you got that one done? Sold. <laughs> Uh, not not quite so. We still have it, um, so it's rented out, uh, and the the property at the rear is um, just just going under the, the renovation component. So it's it's still going, but yeah, the, the front of it is is done and cash flow positive at the moment. Um, and Tong's just such an epic uh, powerhouse suburb of Brisbane. So yeah, we're we're in good stead there. Yeah. And then what? Caught the bug. Yeah. So. I I did engage a buyer's agent for for, for a couple of projects. Um, that that helped me, I guess, um, support some of my ideas on the viability of a project. But also, just um, at that time, you know, the Brisbane property prices were really ascending, so it's it quite important for me personally to keep buying. I, I had a strategic objective: if I could buy one profitable project every quarter you know, could I achieve that? It, it turned out to almost be uh, one profitable project a month, but, you know, engaging the buyer's agent helped. So we got into a splitter project. Um, I've only ever done two splitters and they were knockdown rebuilds. Um, we've done around nine subdivisions since, but, um, you know, the, 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 the two lots on one title splitter strategies, very common up here in Brisbane. Um, I, I believe it is in many many councils across, um, you know, east coast of Australia. But, um, yeah, so, you know, obviously the subdivisions assumed with the splitter. Um, the the advice of the builder was really key on on two of these splitters um, and I really lent on, on their expertise around what the right build solution was, you know, um, for that site, the contours and, and how we were going to go about selling it too. So, um, I've learned a lot from from every key person in the team. To 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 be really honest, yeah. So that's been the focus: those sort of smaller residential projects. C- correct. So the the one into twos, um, the Kybell brand itself, and I, and I say brand because I'm being intentional about where we want to go with with that, as opposed to just having a a logo. Like we are um, quite intentional about. You know, building something that precedes ourselves and is a legacy over time. We've got to earn that right with every project, um, and respectful that we're only as good as our last project at the end of the day. But um, we are in a two into six project, so two Queenslanders and four townhouses. Uh, so that's around eight million dollar project, and then we're we're embarking on four high end homes in a city, Brisbane. Um, yeah, which is close to the the thirteen million dollars. So we couldn't do this without key investors and capital partners. 
and so yeah, we're grateful for all their support today. But definitely, we've we've cut our teeth on the the small splitters, subdivisions, and um, really refined our processes. And when things go wrong, we we look to make the process improvements and and not point fingers. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, a complex industry. It's not as you would appreciate, Justin. Um, yeah, it's it has its challenges every day, and and, and almost every day is different. Um, and, uh, but I, but I love it. You know, I think the fact that I'm passionate about it does make the hard days a bit easier. But the hard days are still hard. Yeah. Well, someone once described it to me as this. It's still pretty much a cottage industry. All the subcontractors are small business owners working to do or deliver one sort of discrete part of the project. So you got whatever, 17, 19, 20 trades coming on site to do their little bit. I'm heavily involved in the UDIA here in Queensland and, you know, the role of the property developer is is quite topical um, from state government down. And, you know, you, you're right, Um in legislation, the, the role of property developer is actually not clearly defined, but we control and coordinate so many outcomes that are key to the construction industry. And, um, yeah, every part, you know, whether it be finance, insurance, valuation, QS, the subbies, you know, um, also key and uh, so many families, you know, rely on successful projects. So, um, yeah, coordinating a lot of key parts to um, get right. Yeah, well, I looked on your website and I really like the design of some of the projects that you've done. They look very elegant. Thank you. Yeah, we, so as I said, like a quarter is, is in design and a quarter is in construction. We, um, probably one of my biggest learnings over the last year and a half is is really to to have a position myself on where, where the, where our projects sit in the market and the cycle of the market. Um, you know, take some of those high-end homes we we have attempted to sell as house and land. And um, in two instances, we we didn't get the outcome we desire. And, and I've learned a bit from that. Um, I do like the house and land exit um, where possible, but I, I think the timing of when we're going to market with the level of finish, with the renders, with the build contracts, um, relative to the market is quite key. Um, but for me, it's it's how do I get an extra margin on the, the price of the land is, is what incentivizes me. But also, again, to mitigate risk. Um, you know, if, if I'm selling a house and land project, I, I'm, I'm technically um, just settling on land and exiting, but in other instances, I'm either carrying on the project for a development management fee um, or I'm just locking in a price and... And not having to stage the property on the end and therefore saving two to three months of hold costs when I'm fully drawn on peak debt. So yeah, I, I do like that strategy and especially with some of the houses we're building from that mid to high and, and high end. Um, you know, the, the expectation of a high-end buyer is is all about the one the detail. And you know, rightly so, they they demand and deserve, you know, impeccable solutions that are built to high quality standards. And you know, I'm personally not a, a builder. I, I don't have that license or aspiration, actually. I'm quite happy for the builder to have that risk. But, you know, that's something that 
we're conscious of. Um, it is the end product that I'm associated with and aligning with the, the right builders is, is something that we're continually evolving and growing with, yeah. Well, if you'd seen uh, one of the retaining walls I built in my garden, Matt, you wouldn't want me building your house either. <laughs> strings there, right? <laughs> uh, now, tell me the lessons around the house and land package. What was it that it's better to have it built and physical product? So I, I think the strategy is perfect in the right timing and we'd probably missed the, 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 the timing, the perfect timing of that in the market up here in Brisbane by three months. Um, there was also a bit of doom and gloom around builders going bust and there's a lot of market sentiment around um, in, in general and a lot of fear and, and for, for rightly so with consumers. So that sentiment, that reality for consumers who either have never built before or have but were, didn't have a good experience complicated it for us. Um, to the point that we've just, you know, carried on with plan B, which is to build. Um, and so we'll take those products all the way through to um, practical completion, fully staged and, yeah, sell that way. Um, but uh, we're, we haven't given up on that strategy at all. I, I think from a business perspective, it makes a lot of sense with the right products um, and then at the right time. So, Yeah. And you touched on investors and bringing in investors. What are some of the lessons you've learned around that aspect of, of the property developing and growing your business and being able to deliver more projects? Yeah, well, plenty of people are good at finding sites, but not so many are as good at capital raising and working with other people's money and mums and dads. And um, reputation means everything to me. I only have one reputation. And so, you know, a promise made is, is, a, is a promise kept that, that we high, uh, keep highly um, and regard highly uh, in terms of what we do borrow and, and when we lend that back. Um, for me personally, I'd invested in two projects early on and then we just kept on finding opportunities after opportunity. So it became a scenario of, well, how, how do we go about buying these and, Early on, it was uh, joint ventures with other key developers uh, who were contribute, con contributing money or serviceability. Uh, it did get to a point, though, where we had to move into more asset lending and, and partnered with the likes of uh, Holden Capital, who um, the team there have been very influential um, in, I guess, helping me refine my, my capital raising um, approach and thinking and, and making sure the ultimate lender is aligned with the, um, I guess, the, the mutual interests of the project. Um, so the big thing I, I learned was not to not to raise money on fixed time arrangements, whether it be six or, you know, 12 months or um, basically, you know, time-based borrowing because um, I, I can't control the schedule at the end of the day. And there's so many things that are out of my control. And so that was that was a little awkward there for a few investors where we, we just had to go back and, and realign expectations um, of the expiry of the loan to um, the sale of the project. So more milestone repayment dates. But we've kept our reputation. We've kept our word there. Um, I do consider myself... Uh, um, Yes, a manager of investor funds. Um, this, this is a straight private loan agreement that we do. It's all above board. They all go get their own legal 
uh, independent advice. Uh, we're very conscious of ASIC rules and things like that. Um, but uh, it's worked. Um, ultimately, working with high net worth individuals and family offices um, is is pretty much the focus now. We've we've proven, you know, what we can deliver, um, and yeah, want want to sort of refine that to, yeah, I, I guess a different type of um, lender. But I'm grateful for the support, and always will be for the support I've had today. And and a lot of those clients have come on as um, equity partners on other projects and also sort of following the Kybell and other developer journeys to be their, their developers in their own right. So did you previously, you had loans for, I don't know, nine months or 12 months, but you weren't ready to, or you weren't able to give back the money at that point because you hadn't got a permit or it hadn't been completed or for whatever reason? So is that where you're... Yeah, like, yeah so thing? a real practical, perhaps obvious thing, but uh, something you just, you learn along the way. Um, a learning is a learning, and and if if you don't, you know, adapt and refine and improve from it, it's, you know, a failure. Then I guess, but yeah, we we've certainly uh, addressed how we, um, borrowing money, the agreements, the security we can offer, um, everything's fully transparent with with our senior debt provider, um, what what the security we can and can't offer, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, so that that's been a really good journey, um, but yeah, you're right. You know where there's an authority delay or a build delay, <laughs> as you know, there's plenty, plenty of things that can delay things. Oh, I thought it was just in uh, Melbourne that that happened. <laughs> so you know, concrete delays, civil contracting approval delay, yeah, all, all of that, and uh, you know, my my ambition. You know, my optimism, you know, is is met really with the reality of, yeah, what is a complex program of work to coordinate and to get right and to hit dates in this industry is 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 challenging. Yeah, I'm the first to admit. So um, that's where we've improved from the outset in having those conversations around. Well, this is the risk profile of the project. Um, this is where you know time can blow out. Um, we do everything we can with within what we can control to minimise that. But at the end of the day, it's a builder's site, and you know there's a builder's contract. Um, yeah, so that that's probably it, mate. Yeah, yeah. I've learnt a lot about builders building contracts in the last four to six months. <laughs> Revelating too, <laughs> having to dig it out of the. The filing cabinet and go start going through it line by line. So, yeah, um, the best place <laughs> they're kept is in the filing cabinet. But anyway, uh, and then what about the future, Matt? You talked about where you wanted things you wanted to do. Can you give us a sense of what that is? Yeah, so we do offer buyers agency for, uh, well, basically provide development, we look for development sites across southeast Queensland for, for people that are time poor or, or wanting to buy development sites. We um, are very much focused on that from a cash flow point of view. We're first and foremost a, a development company and we'll continue to do developments. Um, more high-end homes and the, the small-scale townhouse developments is, is very much on, on the horizon. Um, and we've got 12 active projects on the go at the moment and finishing those to completion and, and the buyer's agents 
buyer's agency focus is, is our immediate focus for 2023, but we'll definitely pick up projects at the right price, you know, as we come across them in the market. Um, we very much have an off-market uh, pipeline strategy, as, as you expect being a, a developer. We know where the opportunities are. It's just when they present themselves and at the right price and the right terms for us um, sort of determines whether we secure them for, for ourselves or our partners. Um, but, uh, but to my point before, you know, working with high net worth individuals, family officers, you know, our senior debt providers of the likes of Holden Capital um, and just strengthening those relationships with builders as well is, is really important. We, we have um, imported joinery and stone on a couple of our projects direct from China. So that, that was quite interesting. I, the jury's out if I still want to do that. Um, I think it was 50 Zoom calls. We finally got the specification right. But to their credit, the the, the quality is, is actually there and um, at a great price. But um, I haven't added up how much time those 50 Zoom calls cost me in reality to compare just going local. But, um, yeah, I... I I'll never be a builder, as you know. I'll always be the developer, um, and I love what I do and very much just staying in my lane, Justin, um, of residential, um, working with the UDIA in the community and helping other developers, you know, grow into who they want to be when they want to help themselves. But, you know, I have helped a few developers of late uh, over the last couple of years and, um, yeah, don't mind a coffee. <laughs> If it's their shout. <laughs> well, you might be getting a phone call from me uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, well, when I'm in Melbourne, I'll come visit Justin for sure. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. I think I read on your website that you are exploring doing um, uh, getaway accommodation for uh, elderly people or senior citizens. So Kybell or... Suites, is that? You're 100% right, Justin, it? This will be a passion project. I've I've put it out there. Um, my sister is actually uh, severely handicapped, and um, hence why I sort of say it's a passion project. Um, I, I can see a, a niche um, in the market, um, and it's based on an experience um, of a of a project at the Sunshine Coast where the demand was booked out for two years for people with special needs. And their carer and family, and um, yeah, it, it is a passion project. It is accommodation for the likes of my sister and her carer and my my extended family. Um, it is about bringing the family together around, you know, my, my sister who can't necessarily make decisions for herself, but you know, she can still feel, um, you know, she knows when she's at the ocean, and uh, I, I see it as a, yeah. A viable project, but it'll, it'll take a bit of Matt's money to put on the line, probably to to, to proof the uh, concept. It's a build to rent model at its simplest form, just to a very targeted audience, um, and it'll be sort of mixed use. So it won't be the entire entire building as short term accommodation. But um, yeah, that's that's my my one of my lanes that I'll focus on at the right time. But we've we've offered on a few sites; they just haven't you know stuck at our price or our terms, but that's okay. I'm not in any rush for that. Oh, I love a great niche project, like a proper niche project. Yeah, I, I see council on it, and I I have got various views and opinions. Um, one of the things I do love about 
again, the EDIA is, you know, it's it's the top end of town and I think very different to, you know, the, the small end of town. Whilst a lot of the principles are the same, um, you know, the risk profile of those bigger projects are different. The, the, the capital raising is different. And, um, yeah, it's good to hang around people that are, you know, five, ten plus years ahead of, us and, and me and, and our veterans and CEOs in this industry, and I find that inspiring. And um, it's credibility by association to some of these professional organisations. And I've got some great mentors through the likes of Rob Flux and Jason John Byron and Young Ewans, you know, the I Love Real Estate community. Uh, they've very much been, you know, sources of getting new knowledge and new skill and and at the end of the day doing it the Matt Campbell Kybell ways is where I found my 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 true success in executing how I see the opportunity should be executed on. So tell us then Matt, what have you learned about yourself then as a property developer over the last whatever five, ten years? Plus years. Um I realized I do enjoy working with people probably more than I first realised when I was in IT in a data centre or a server room, you know, just tinkering away. Um, <laughs> so I have really enjoyed the the people aspect of this business um, and being able to give back. And there is a really well-defined career path in this industry. I, I think, you know, overall a lot of people do celebrate other people's success and, you know, social media has been a really great tool for my business to you know promote what we do and and to celebrate um i i think you know it is a fun industry when you make it fun um and and especially when it's so stressful um but that's probably you know reflective of you know how much i've taken on too and it's me and a um another gentleman who, who works with me full time so i do have an adm in in who supports me, but um, at the end of the day, I have taken on a lot and it's about delivering to that program and and always trying to be the best person I can, you know, be the best leader. Um, and I, like I said early on, like those limiting beliefs, um, I think when we can hear ourselves talk or hear ourselves think in a not-so-positive way, they're, they're often the things that are holding us back and they were definitely holding me back, Justin. And um, it took me it took me a while to probably realize it <laughs> you know male <laughs> sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees but um yeah i've had di- different business endeavors over 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 my life you know i owned a cafe and i owned a consulting business once and you you take different learnings from different industries and um yeah i think values are, are very much a guiding light for me and treat people as you'd want to be treated yourself is, is a pretty key principle. And, yeah, I'm just happy where Kybell's going. My kids now actually get what Kybell is. They love seeing, you know, things come out of the ground. And, yeah, if they get involved, great. But, yeah, at least I'm making my life count, which which is really what I wanted to do. Yes, as my kids have gotten older, they've progressed from thinking that I was an architect to a builder I think now they understand what actually what role. Yeah, yeah. what is a property developer? <laughs> Where does that go during the day? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to catch up in, in Melbourne too. Um, I'm in Sydney the next two months, but after that, I'll, I'll come down to to Melbourne in um, more April, May. So, 
Well, we'll make sure you bring an umbrella and pack the warmest clothes that you've got because you get anything <laughs> down here that time of year. But what about for the other developers out there, Matt, who might be thinking they want to take their developing to the next level? What advice would you have for them? I think investing in your own knowledge in this industry, whether it be leadership or technical knowledge around town planning, you know, construction methodologies, I think anytime you invest in yourself, that that is a really great investment. Uh, I am a big believer in in branding. I touched on that before, not just having a, a logo, but you know, actually going about building a brand and actually standing for something. I think that um, just lifts the game in, in terms of intent with finding sites, raising money, you know, um, B2B opportunities with, with other stakeholders um, or suppliers. So I think, yeah, knowledge, um, investing in, in knowledge, uh, branding, um, at the end of the day, I think that individual, that, that developer has just got to figure out how to do it for themselves because no one else will. You can try and implement someone else's system and that's a guiding light, but at the end of the day, they've got to do it themselves and that takes a, a level of conviction and uh, craziness, I think, maybe some days to jump off the cliff and go, yep, I'm buying this property. <laughs> but, you know, that's where the data is key. That's where comparables are key and um, ha- having a team uh, around you who's done it before um, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, and I know my areas of opportunities to 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 pounce on. So I think for that new person, yeah, they just got to keep investing in themselves in the in the industry and and yeah, keep a level head at the end of the day too. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people that you know in any industry that you know haven't kept a level head and and um, yeah, you know, might work for them, might not. I don't know, but I. Again, we're only as good as our last gig and to be respectful about, um, you know, what what we ultimately are, which is, you know, building communities and um, working with custodians of land to to create something. It is a disruption of sort. And so, again, how we work with people, how we communicate with people is really, really key for me. It's interesting that you talk about branding because in my online property developer training program, I covered this question around brand. Like, are you going to build a brand? Are you just going to have a series of brands for your projects that you do or are you going to try and actually build a yeah. brand that you're going to do all your projects under because they're all different? They're all different, yeah. I, I can appreciate your thinking there. I I'm almost thinking more digital first and then research and then the actual project. So, like, how are we promoting this project at the end of the day? Like, does the project have, yeah, its own brand name? You know, how how does another person's brand, you know, support the sale of this project? Like, we've explored, you know, on the construction banners, the architect, the interior designer, and and well-named and and well-successful and tend intended uh, stakeholders, you know, the jury's out. It's very subjective, isn't it, marketing at the end of the day, but perception is reality. And I do think the, the, those renders can be incredibly powerful. And, um, you know, several of my competitors that are ahead of me just blitz it with the, the social media and um, it obviously works for them. And so I think that's definitely an avenue. And it's interesting, yeah, you to hear you say you're doing that on your course. Um, it's almost like the new norm now, I think. You know, if 
an email signature with a logo is just a must. You know, I think if if you want to be considered credible, um, you know, I I remember you know meeting um, Dan Holden early on, and I have to ask him this question actually myself. But um, you know, I was in his office there. He's got all the trophies and the accolades, and um, you know, I was in awe of what Holden Capital had, had achieved already at that point in time. But I I knew early on it was it was about branding for me and positioning myself you know, slightly ahead of where I was and then the delivery and the, the results would, would follow. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for several financiers backing early on, but I had projects that were profitable and I had secured them on great terms. And I think that um, if I'm pre- reflecting a bit, you know, the marketing's helped, the branding's helped, but at the end of the day, the, the profitable projects is what any lender will invest in um, you know, beyond me and and my team and our delivery capability. I definitely think there's power in brand. So definitely, you've talked about the things like values. They all make a, a difference. They contribute. It's what's your brand going to stand for, and then you got to yeah. build up with the delivery of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'd love to um, learn more about your course too. Justin, <laughs> oh, I have to get you uh, in doing some guest modules or a whole range of things. But no, it's been great. I've had lots of people signing up. It's my way of helping people get into property development. So it's uh, it's been really good. So, well, Matt, if people want to find out more about you, where should they head? Yeah, so kybell.com.au. It's K Y A B el.com.au or Kai Bell AU is my Instagram account. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Matt Campbell, uh, Facebook as, as Kai Bell. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. We're in Brisbane. Our office is in Fortitude Valley in the, the property mecca of, uh, of Brisbane. Um, yeah, just got a small team of, 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 yeah, two at the moment, but we're growing on the buyer's agency side by bringing on, um, uh, two to three other buyer agents across, you know, Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast. So yeah, we're around. We're we're definitely a force to be, um, you know, reckoned with, I guess. And and we're growing, but um, we're only as good as our last project. And very respectful of of everything we we do and how. Well, I might have hung around in Fortitude Valley when I was in my late teens and early twenties, Matt. So it astonishes me the level of transformation that's happened down in that part of brisbane incredibly so yeah i mean i'm in a 12-story building it's mixed use it's got two fancy restaurants it's a hotel it's you know residence and two floors of offices so um yeah things have changed um a few fancy cars in the car park even but uh yeah <laughs> i know what you mean when you know you think about 10 20 years ago what fortitude valley was yeah a bit like king's cross in sydney probably or you know other areas of Melbourne. Yes, it had a little kind of seedy underbelly to it, <laughs> which is not I the reason that I was going there. <laughs> there were some cool bars and clubs as well in that part of town. Absolutely. I really appreciate the time and the no, opportunity. Yeah, no, Thanks for talking with me, Matt. It's been great having you on the, on the show and wish you all the best with your projects. Yeah, we'll be in contact very soon. All right. Talk to you <laughs> See soon. See you, Justin. Thank you. You've been listening to the Property Developer Podcast. Tune in next time for more tips, ideas and inspiration to take your developing to the next level. 
For more developing love, make sure to visit propertydeveloperpodcast.com.